Welcome, everyone, to Music Junkies, a podcast about people sharing extraordinary stories about how music has impacted their lives. Welcome to Music Junkies, right? I'm excited. We have the crew from Heavy Metal Horror. We got Dreadbull, right? Only way you know he is. Hot guy, glasses, wild card. Jeez. Did you say hot you, guy? Just, she did. Changing oh my, my name God. to hot guy. Oh, oh, no. hot Annette, guy I think glasses. you need right. glasses. I'm so I sorry. Is okay. Oh, yeah. oh, Dreadbull, she's Canadian. She's just being nice. <laughs> I don't care. Whatever. That's, right. That's, right. Right. That's like the nicest yeah, thing he's heard in like 40 years. God knows he's not going to get it from us. Oh, whew, it's getting warm in here. Card has, look at this guy. You remind me of the 80s so much. And I'm, I'm probably going yes. to be so attracted to you because of that, right? Long curly hair. I love it. And then top top wearing the hat, right? Always backwards hat. And then, geez, if you guys could have seen Mont. <laughs> when he came in he yeah. looked like santa beat him up a little bit his hair was like yeah <laughs> yeah my 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 devil hair that was just all over the so place i did, that, I did the- that on purpose just for you <laughs> well i'm glad you guys are here and a part of the show um it's gonna be fun i love it i love it is this your guys's first time having a fisome though together uh, no, i think we've had on our own show we've all been on and had multiple guests so Yes. If that's what oh. you mean by fivesome, yes. Yeah. Um, we've had plenty. We've had so many. I love your guys' playlist. It's all over the place, right? So what was awesome. what was some of your experiencing putting the playlist together? Like Chop, let tell me a little bit about your experience putting your playlist together. Um, are you talking about our, our four songs we had to choose? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's hard to, like, pick that many. Right, right. right. Uh, it was just things that basically had personal meaning to me, uh, such as uh song Simple Man by Skinner. That's pretty – That's honestly, that's biographical of me and my mom, period. Oh. Uh, she passed in 2009, so it holds a lot of meaning to me. Um, Evil That Men Do is uh, uh, it's just always been maybe in my top – three maybe top two maiden songs of all time so it's just one that immediately i go to whenever i'm thinking about iron maiden or playing some maiden um house of broken don't Love. tell us all them because then you're oh. i'm gonna have yeah to don't blow your wide now chopped up all right, all right. You carried away. yeah he gets excited oh no i, I do i do put it back in your pants yeah with Take the Kleenex out of your pocket, Chop Top. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. <laughs> so we're obviously going to do something a little bit different because there's, you know, I have never had this many guys before, so I got to kind of maneuver you guys. That's, Somebody... We've heard differently. I... <laughs> some, of you, some of you might get more attention than others. It depends. How uh, you as we should. Right? Yeah. If you're performing well, you're going to get more attention. <laughs> right? And Dread Bowl was last, so... Yeah, sucks to be yeah, dreadful. Yeah, sorry. That's about how he is with among all of us. We brought him <laughs> along, like you know, we should just dreadful. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you, you know, don't hurt like, his feelings. Yeah, know. he's like a he's he's like sensitive. Our, he's like our pity prom date. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I'm very sensitive. So we're gonna start with Wildcard's first song. Are you ready, Wildcard? Uh, yeah. Okay. I got it. To- oh, sorry. Go ahead. I didn't know how this was going down. Or- gonna play this song where you can hear it and then you can kind of let me know the memory 
So Crystal Ann, obviously you have that song on your playlist. What does that song mean to you? Does it bring back a certain memory for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm a massive Annihilator fan. Uh, and, you know, the band stuck out to me. This song in particular was one of my first uh, experiences with the band. And, you know, most heavy metal guys wouldn't, that's not a song that they would be drawn to, you know, a, a, a neoclassical piece, you know, uh, done on nylon strings. And I've always been drawn to it. I played that at my wedding. Uh, I, I think that I might've walked down to it. Um, and I don't know. It's so it's, it always, it always struck a chord with me. I, I love pieces like that melodic pieces. And, uh, you know, it, like I said, it struck a chord with me enough to to play it at my wedding. So it's always been a song that I come back to. Uh, it, it's it's haunting, um, and you know, it draws you in. Uh, the piece overall, if you listen to the whole thing, it's it's going to draw you in. And I mean, and then it goes into Alice in Hell. Uh, so I mean, then you're just you're you're kicked in the nuts by just an awesome song right out of the gate. Jeff Waters is a phenomenon. So. Uh, again, that song's always held a lot of weight with me, uh, just in terms of the melody of it. Yeah, it's a great song. I love it. I love your guys' playlist. It's so cool. You know, I've been doing this since August, and it's so rare that I've had anybody with any heavy metal, right? And I would have thought, like, so much heavy metal would be on people's playlists, but it it, it isn't. So. I'm so excited to kind of go through this because it just brings me back to those days. And a lot of these songs I haven't heard for a long time too, right? You finally got to the right group of guys. In got to the right group of guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Walker, you played in some bands, right? Correct, yes. So, singer, guitar player, bass, what's your instrument of choice? Uh, I play guitar. And the, the biggest thing for me is composition. I really enjoy creating music. But I'm vocalist, uh, you know, out of necessity in most of the projects that I'm in, just because you can't, it's difficult to rope in lots of people. So the less people you have to deal with, the better. So in most of the groups that I'm in, it just becomes a a necessity thing. Someone's got to do it. I have experience with it, so I might as well do it. I'm writing the lyrics, so might as well just take that, you know, that particular uh, aspect of creation on as well. Um, Not that I haven't tried to rope in other people to do vocals for me, it just it's hard and it's tricky and, and uh, you know, it's just easier to have to deal with one less person. Yeah. What was the first name of your first band you were ever in? The first band I was ever in was named leaf. I know real creative high school, <laughs> like high school, rock Erickson? Band. like leaf. Erickson? No, no, it was just leaf. And we had, cool songs. we had songs about uh, mega man and prom night, but the night was like a night. Not like nighttime. Ah, nice. Yeah. Oh, wow. High school Plants rock, baby. a lot at the prom. Yeah, yeah man. I was super creative in high school. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> Too many beers, I guess. <laughs> Should have called you your band. A, a heavy metal junkie in high school? And I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say that I was as into it and as well versed as I am now. Um, you know, it was a lot, but it was rock and roll, and it, and it was it was heavy metal. It was stuff from the eighties. Uh, I expanded on that greatly, you know, in my twenties and, uh, you know, so it's, it's, that's always been a staple for me. You know, my parents were into that stuff. My dad played that stuff. Uh, so it's kind of a family obsession. Who's your favorite eighties rock frontman? Oh, geez. Rock. So 
rock front man that's different says you're 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 taking the metal away so i got to think of a, a rock and roll front man well, alice, cooper, really alice cooper i know alice cooper's yeah. not you know he he's from the 70s but i don't know man uh, he still is the same guy today that he was in the 80s that he was in the 70s uh he's phenomenal performer um and not to say that he's like super energetic or anything like that he just has a way about him his yeah. shows are fantastic and uh he's probably one of my favorite rock frontmen uh from the from that era uh you know because i i love the 80s alice cooper stuff you know i mean i like the 70s stuff but i love the 80s stuff um so i i think that i would probably pick that i'm not real good with like top 10 stuff i have to like sit and really think about it but right off the top of my mind that one kind of sticks out to me because it's not vince neal <laughs> what oh my god <laughs> oh, look, I, lo- I love motley Crue, man but vince oh. neal is he's a funny guy Right. Vince Neil back then would be good. Vince Neil right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don Dockin right. back then would be good. Like, and I was even Don thinking, right now. if I met him at a bar, because I was pretty obsessed with Vince Neil growing up, and I'm like, no. No. I should have yeah. stayed with my girlfriend who, like, loved Nikki Six, and Nikki Six aged well. Vince yeah, Neil kind of, like, ate himself and then the rest of the band. So and then forgot a lot of stuff, like words. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Dreadbull, you're up, my friend. This song is yours. Wait a minute. Oh, we're going that one. Okay. <laughs> we're going that one. I thought we were starting with the uh, maiden one. Yeah, well, you thought wrong. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're going, we're going this then. <laughs> uh, okay. Sabotage, uh, Hall of the Mountain King. So this takes me back for me. Yeah, this is this is a nostalgia pick right here. Um, <clears throat> this was during the Z Rock era of uh, of my youth of high school. You know, prior to about I think Z Rock came around in eighty six, eighty seven. Mm-hmm. There was nothing. There was nothing locally in the Cleveland area where you could really listen to metal. You know, there didn't exist. Uh, WMMS was a rock station. You know, they would maybe sprinkle sprinkle in some you know, the more palatable kind of metal, but, um, <clears throat> it was, it was hard to find new bands, you know, it was word of mouth or you go to the record store and find cool album covers and give it a try, you know, maybe like a metal edge magazine or rip or something you could, you could get exposed. So there wasn't much until Z rock came, came along that changed everything. So yeah, this song sitting in my room, middle of winter, late at night, I sitting in front of my stereo, with a with a blank cassette in the cassette deck just waiting for new songs to come on hit record you know and the opening riff of hall of the mountain king came up and yeah that's instant record like what the hell is this i've never heard them before and it was such a big sound that big rich you know the sound was just monstrous and that 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 opening riff just like instantly grabbed me and uh yeah from there it's i'm 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 checking out everything i can get my my hands on with sabotage and to this day you know every time i hear that song i'm taken back to you know 15 year old me sitting in my room (laughs) in front of my stereo recording songs off xerox so i love it i i miss those days where you had to you know you had your tape deck and you you were waiting for the song to come on the radio and you're like like you want the dj to stop talking because he's like speaking right in the very beginning of the song and that's the Mm -hmm. part that you really really want and you're like oh god why did he have to say anything 
I miss yeah. those days. <laughs> so then you got his voice on your copy of that song forever, <laughs> talking over the first 10 seconds. Yeah. You can't unhear his voice after that. <laughs> right. No, hey, Z-Rock coming right at you with some wild <laughs> sabotage. Purple, what were you like in high school? What kind of guy were you in high school? Uh, pretty geeky, pretty quiet. You know, whatever the opposite yeah. of a chick magnet would be, that was pretty. That was me. He had a mullet, though. Yeah, mullet. I like to wear flannel. You know. Oh. Uh, yeah. Did you yeah, wear a heavy was... metal shirt all the time? What was your go-to heavy metal shirt? Well, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, probably had to had to be Maiden back in the day. You know, everybody had Maiden shirts on, all the metalheads. Everybody was wearing Maiden or Metallica, I think. So, right. uh, yeah, probably Maiden. You guys ever date the same girl? <laughs> we didn't go to the same school, actually. Well, you didn't. Well, I think no. that you and I did, but uh, 10, 15 years difference there or something like that. You graduated from Firelands, didn't you? I did. I did. Yeah, see, I, I, yep, 2001, so you know, a little bit of time uh, in between wow. us. But Tractor oh. Day was still a thing, so nice. that never they kept, changed. They kept the tradition going. Yeah, they kept Beautiful. Tractor Day. <laughs> right, Chop Top, this is your song. I know you talked a little bit about it, but we're going to go deeper into your story. So Simple Man, Leonard Skinnerd. I know you spoke a little bit about your mom. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, just uh, lyrically, you know, it's always spoken to me because it's pretty much it's prime example of how my mom and my relationship was. Uh, It's pretty autobiographical, actually. I mean, lyrics to a T. So and it just moves me. I mean, just the the melody, the chorus. It's just a beautiful song altogether written song. So, yeah, one of my all time favorite classic rock songs. But it has obviously that deeper meaning to me. Yeah. Did you ever listen it with your mom or? Yeah, we always had growing up. We mom and dad always had music playing throughout the house. I mean, they had the old, you know, huge old turntable, you know, was inside and put all the vinyl in there and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I had the console. Yes. Yeah. Nice. yeah. So we had, uh, there was constantly Bob Seger. There was Big Squires, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin. There was Skinner. There was, you name it. And we always had music going and that's, that's gave my, obviously the love that I have for music comes from a very early age. I think I'd really, the first album I got when I was like probably gosh, six or seven, it was uh love gun by kiss on vinyl. No way. And they got me a little red, little red record player. And I remember had the cardboard gun inside the vinyl where it says, <laughs> Bang, you know, you like that. And uh, I just thought it was the greatest. And I was like, I was drawn, I was a kiss fan, you know, even before that, but, uh, when I got that, that was just, that set me on top of the world. So that was my uh, my first final I ever had. I love it. What's one thing that you learned from your mom? Um, I guess for me, it's, uh, she had such a big heart. She would do anything for anybody. And uh, I like to think that to the part of me, that, that, that came to me as well. And uh, if I can do it, especially for my children, my grandchildren, I, I sure as hell will do it. So, and yeah. I like to think I, and plus for friends, if I have that, if I can do something for them, uh, I'll do it. So I'd like to think that's a part of her that 
really uh, came into me as well. I love it. Is he the most sensitive one, you guys, in the group? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he cries kind of all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, shameful crying, but it just only prompts us on to do more to make him cry. So, <laughs> Except when I'm roasting Vic, then I'm the hate hole. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Lots of hate. <laughs> so where did you guys' nicknames come from? Who wants to go first? Well, I oh, think we God. need to talk about Dreadbull's original name here. Oh, let's talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Or or about about story. <clears throat> well, we were doing a lot of online gaming during uh, the pandemic, and uh, <laughs> we were playing some from games uh, from who was it the uh, the Jackbox games? Jackbox like games, oh, and there's yeah, a one called Quip- Yeah, there's one called yeah. Quiplash. It's kind of like yeah. Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> And there's another one that was like a dictionary game where you invent words that mean things. And uh, the word that we came about um, was the word slunk, which was another word for jizz. And then uh, I think, I think Dreadbull came up with um, the next time we kept on playing, he, he acquired the slunk name and went by the slunk Meister. And that's what his new nickname was for probably the next, I don't know, year of playing. And that was his um, original name for heavy metal horror until he was given a new name by our dear <laughs> departed friend, Eric Wagner, who called him the slut meister. <laughs> he, um, mis- he misheard. Yeah. Slut meister. Like yeah. Slut. Yeah. Mark's the slut. <laughs> Mark's the fucking slut. <laughs> That's a good like, impression. Yes, That's exactly what yes. he sounded like. <laughs> He's the fucking slut. Um, and then, um, but it got to a point where when we were having guests on our show, people were asking, Slunkmeister, what the hell does that mean? And, you know, he was. Of course, Montag would always say, that means jizz. <laughs> right. So I'm like, I, I, can't, yeah. I, can't, I can't do this forever, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then he went by like bread basket and a couple wow. other things. I'm like, bread That's basket. That's a big jump. That's um, a big then, we, then Dread Boy says, now oh, this is my online gaming name. I'm like, oh, it's not nearly as good as Slunkmeister, but. Yeah. So the rest of you, Chop Top, where'd you get your name from? Uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. He's Chop Top in there, you know. Did you get the bitch, Bubba? Did you get the bitch? You know, that was so. Uh, yeah, he's just one of my favorite horror characters. And, and uh, uh, Bill Mosley is just fantastic. Uh, just a lot of the roles that he does. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely a huge TCM2 fan, as we all are. So. Yes. What about you, Wild Card? Where'd you get your name from? Um, these guys would be like sitting down doing these shows and they'd, they'd have listened to like everything that they were going to discuss for like an entire week. And I would come in real unprepared and you really <laughs> couldn't, you didn't know what I was going to say or when I was going to chime in. So I pulled it from one of my favorite episodes of it's always sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie day is the wild card and he, and he doesn't do anything the entire episode until at the very end when they're driving home, they go to hit the brakes and he says, I cut the brakes, wild card bitches. And he kicks the door open in the back and jumps out of the van. That's his whole. And I always loved that. And I said, yeah, I guess if I have to, if I've got to pick a username or something, that's what it's going to be. Because you really don't know what I'm going to say. I've, I've said some stuff that I'm not sure made it in episodes and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, I keep but, it all. Yeah. So I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a loose cannon. So, I mean, not real crazy bad, but, you know, still. Don't really know where I'm going to come from, so I'm the wild card. Yeah, never shows up prepared for the episodes or follows the assignments. You know, we appreciate them. We love them. So that's right. All right, Montag, it's you. You're up, my friend. 
Such a good song, Kiss. It is. It is. It yeah. is a great song. I, I do that to rub Fred Bull's face on it because he's not a Kiss fan. Um, no, you know, you Kiss. Slap your belly at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got some good stories about Kiss to talk about. Um, Kiss was the first band I remember like being enamored with. Like in fifth grade, uh-huh. during the wintertime when it was too cold to go outside, like after lunch. We would like meet in our homeroom and like listen to music or something like that. And some kids were bringing in records, and I was just listening to whatever was on the local Cleveland G ninety eight station. You know, just like soft pop rock, hard G98. rock. You know, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, because MMS was yeah. you know. And um, so then when I heard this Kiss, someone brought in the Kiss Destroyer album, and I heard that song. I'm like, oh my god. What is this music? I'd never heard anything like it. And then I saw the album cover. I'm like, oh, fuck, yes. This is, this is, something happened. I think I went through puberty that day. <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh. and uh, fell in love. Yeah, with the whole kiss, the image, you know, the, the yeah. Gene Simmons in particular and with the dragon boots, the armor, spitting blood. The it was slunk like, flowed like rain that day. <laughs> yes. My 10 year old self, like, I feel funny down there. Uh, I loved every minute of it. Speaking of Gene Simmons, so if you could have his tongue for one day, whose pussy would you want? Oh, he tried. Believe me, his tongue was <laughs> was hanging out for about eight straight years. Yeah, I I would actually when I was in college, I uh, I would I, I would stretch out. Stretch See, I would stretch out my tongue. Seriously, I did, and it, it got longer during the course. How did you of the do that? You're just like it on got it. longer. <laughs> it got longer. It did. I was just stretching out like. And uh, do my exercises and um, oh, is that exercise. like giggling? Like what? what kind of exercises were you doing? Just, you know, pushing it, turning it, wow. stretching it, you know, licking the alphabet. Um, all the things that came in handy when I was in college. So, I always suspected this, but I didn't know until now. Oh, no, it's true. Talent. It oh, yeah, it was, it was uh-huh. a talent, and um, you know, I was a you too can have Gene Simmons' tongue in five <laughs> easy like, steps. Grab the end and start tucking. <laughs> yeah, lick the alphabet and become a cunning linguist. That's dedication, you know? man. <laughs> Never heard that one before. Oh, yeah, see, see, you learn something new from Montag, right? Yes. That's a whole other Montag, what were you like fandom. in high school? Oh, I was worse than Dreadbull. I wasn't nearly as cool as Dreadbull. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I had a few friends. And I, I wasn't, we had a couple of clicks in our high school. We had the jocks and we had the preps and we had the Valley girls and we had like the, the pretty people who were popular. I wasn't in any of those. So I had like three or four friends um, and we would get together on weekends and uh, go play Commodore 64 games um, <laughs> and, and swap games and burn discs. And I'd hang out with Red Bull. I mean, we've been friends for over 40 years and we would play D and D and stuff like that. So that was all the cool stuff. All the all the stuff you mean, yeah. yeah, All the cool cool stuff like that. So yeah, Dred and I were uh, were pretty tight in high school. You know. So Montag, what do you think is the weirdest thing that Chop Top has did when he's alone? Oh, when he's alone? Yeah. How much time do you have? (laughs) Um, I'll edit what I need to. (laughs) Huh? When he's alone? Wow, that's a good question. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it involves um, watching Disney films and a box of Kleenex, but I'm not sure which one. <laughs> Probably Frozen. Yeah, Elsa, um, for what sure. What kind of Kleenex, yeah. too? Like the Vicks Vapo Rub ones? <laughs> yeah. Well, if only for an extra thrill, <laughs> you know? 
Yeah, that's why I think burning he, that's, sensation. Yeah, right? I think he I think he uh, minty freshness. Um yeah, I'm burning baby and burning for you. I think he took that personally and seriously. So, you know, um I was wondering why he had those VHS collections of Disney movies. They were always worn out. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> All right, you yeah. guys ready? When the crowds are gone. This is wild card. Oh. Nice. It's wild we got more than one sabotage pick. Look at that. That's I awesome. Know. Wild card. Why do you love that song, Wild Card? Um, I mean, it's it's. I've always thought. I don't know. It's always again. It's has always resonated with me uh, since I bought the CD. Um, you know, it speaks to struggle, uh, and I don't know. It just it. It's it's one of those songs that can really drudge up some emotion. But I think more than anything, was that was one of my buddies favorite songs he wanted that song played at his funeral and he passed away in 2019 um we weren't able to make that happen probably because the the funeral director you know the 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 funeral place the parlor was oh this is you know this is heavy metal music we can't they tried to pull some shit about how they couldn't get their cd player to work and it infuriated me and his brother um we ended up going uh to his grave on his birthday and we we took a boom box with you know, powered by like four D cell batteries and we played it and it was incredibly emotional. It was really hard. So that song now probably carries more weight than it did when I first fell in love with it. You know, it's, it's lyrically, it's, it's great. I mean, sabotage, they're good at what they do, you know, and uh, they're not just writing mindless, just riffs and and whatnot. Everything's pretty articulate, you know, and uh, uh, lyrically that song's very haunting. Uh, for for anyone, uh, if you care to listen and, and dissect it, you can probably apply it to some aspect of your life. Um, but that song, yeah, it carries a lot of weight, especially now, uh, yeah. post-2019. So, I love that about music, and I'm sure you guys would all agree. There is just certain song. I love music. It just brings you in different emotion. Yeah. But if there is a song that can trigger like a, a sad emotion, it's it's like every single time you hear it, you're like, okay, you got to mm. turn this song off. I don't, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole right now. Turn the right. song off. So is there any songs out there? Obviously there is, but who has, you know, what song do you think that if you hear it, you're just like, you got to turn this song off. I hate it. I never want to hear that song. Please never play that song. Do you have one of those songs? I have an entire album of that. <laughs> that that I mean that same guy, that I same guy. Yeah. We, we did a we did a record together and uh it wasn't it didn't he never even got to see it, you know, when it was done. It's difficult for me to listen to that because his voice is on it, you know. So I wrote all those songs and I, I struggle to to this day to to listen to it because of that. You know, so and and that's not just that. I mean, there's a lot of songs like that where it's like, mm, it, I, I, I've I've said this in interviews before where I'm a big fan of like solo piano music, yeah. Um, which seems really bizarre, but like Helen Jane Long and Scott Davis, and that stuff. When I put that stuff on, it can easily just make me like, nope, I can't listen to this right now. 
because of the melodies, the melodies can absolutely make me feel sad. It's like one, it's, it's wonder and sad. It can go either direction. Just depends on what mood I'm in that day. So absolutely those, those songs exist. Uh, albums exist in my own personal collection as I'm sure it does for the rest of the guys. I do too. Yeah, I agree. Is there any song out there that you absolutely hate that you, you do not want to ever listen to? The Rose. Oh, I've got a few. The Rose. <laughs> yeah. My, or, at, or at one of my cousins would, would sing that uh, at every wedding, at every family wedding. She would sing this. Are you talking about Seal? No, the, no, no, no. That's Kiss oh. the Rose. No, I'm talking oh. about Bette Midler. Okay. I wanted to make sure I got my roses straightened out. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's just atrocious in every way, shape, or form. And then hearing it at every fucking wedding, it's like, oh, you know, kill me now. <laughs> Um, ah, singing telegram. Now we know what's coming for your birthday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's a good idea. That's right. Who else, stripper, who else stripper has singing the rose. Who else has oh, a the whole load? Out, the whole load album for me, Metallica. Oh come how, on, man! No, 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 no. Now hear me out. That house that Jack built in particular, that song, but that whole album. That was during a time when I was going through a divorce. So oh, like, you're sad. Okay, you're being sad about yeah, it. Yeah, no, All there right. was tons right. of bad shit going on at the time and that yeah. album takes me back to that time yeah, and all those feelings and stuff and yeah no I, i'm not a I, I don't dislike the album uh but uh it, it definitely reminds me of uh that right. era in my life those were some dark days so mm-hmm. i don't go back to that album very often to be honest yeah too bad it wasn't saying anger yeah <laughs> well, i was gonna say uh you know i've got a whole list of songs but let's start with pour some sugar on me i just never need to hear that god-awful fucking song as long as i live because radio killed it number one video killed it and it's all you hear in classic rock stations at least here in the yeah. states and you know another one i'd add white snakes here i go again love white snake huge white snake <laughs> But here I go again is another one of those fuckers. Mm-hmm. That I just yeah, MMS killed Zeppelin mm-hmm. for me, man. Like every time mm-hmm. you turn on MMS and it was the same playlist and it was always like five Led Zeppelin songs. And it's yeah. like, I like them again now because I stopped listening to MMS for years. Right. You know, yeah. So you get yeah. away from radio and it saves a lot of those songs because they're good songs. But mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. Yeah, they have a bigger catalog. Can we just play something other than those yeah. five fucking songs? Or like Paradise <laughs> City, you know, Guns yeah. and Roses. Oh. <laughs> Paradise City that. or Sweet Child yeah. of Mine. Oh, I love that yes. you said um, pour some sugar on me because obviously growing up in that era, we'd love that song and sing to it. And probably like 15 years ago, we had a karaoke on the TV and maybe I was singing the lyrics wrong or not really paying attention to the lyrics. But after I did karaoke to that song, I'm like, I can't ever fucking sing this song again. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is what I've been singing for 15 years. Like you got the peaches, the lyrics of the song we and, got it the cream. Made mo- and it made money. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with the pour some sugar on me for sure. Cause I was just like, Oh my God, that's a lot. Okay. Dread Bull, you're up my friend. All right. Okay. Yeah, welcome home, sanitarium. Uh, yeah, this song. So th- this is another. So my list is mostly consists of like songs that kind of drew me into certain genres of heavy metal. You know, not there's not so much sentimentality. Maybe I'm not that sentimental, but uh, it, it's more of nostalgia and things that kind of the the first song that drew me into certain aspects of metal. 
so I was listening to some metal at this time, you know, Maiden and Dio and Judas Priest and all that stuff. But like at that time, Metallica were into like uh, Master of Puppets was where they were at in there with their music. And so they were still a very heavy band at that point. And uh, to me, they were there, you know, at that point was still maybe they weren't as heavy as Slayer, but it was it was part of the heavier metal. Yeah. you know, heavier than Maiden and the stuff that I was uh, starting to listen to at the time. So, uh, but there was a lot of hype around uh, Master of Puppets. People seemed to love it. So I think I was, uh, I think I got a uh, cassette. I think I joined one of those like Columbia those, House. Uh, yeah, Columbia House. You yeah. know, you get like 20, <laughs> 20 cassettes yeah, for a penny man. or something. For a penny, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was one of the one of the cassettes that I- Stick it to the man, Dread Bull. Like, <laughs> like hell yeah I'll, I'll spend a penny for that <laughs> feeling adventurous one day pop that in and like it really started to grow on me and some of the like this song in particular because it was a little more accessible you know it started off kind of slow and really built and uh you know battery was pretty damn heavy at the time so but this and like leper messiah and uh uh those songs really drew me in i'm like wow this is really good so yeah my my uh my metal metal taste sort of expanded here with with this particular song and that album are you uh still single like you went through a divorce a little while ago or no no remarried been, okay yeah been married 21 years now so oh wow so that was this, this one's going a lot better <laughs> yeah way back <laughs> what, what did you do differently in this one that you didn't do in the other one <laughs> married a different person <laughs> 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 is anybody single in here you guys all married kids yep yeah i'm still living, living the dream oh <laughs> joe look, look at the chop top down there are you single no i'm separated oh, okay well that's halfway there yeah living like on a bon jovi says yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's another one <laughs> yeah. so are yeah, you guys attracted I'm, to the same sex you ever Dabbled in the... Well, I think we're all attracted to women if you mean the same sex oh. that way. Yeah. No, okay. no male experiences. <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. Montag and Mont- his love of Gene Simmons uh, knows no bounds. So. <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 it did until a point. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, that was stopped years ago. Montag really does it for me, you know? I mean, when he's trying to be fabulous. No, I'm, no more love for Mr. Simmons. <laughs> uh, How many of you guys have sent dick pics out? No pictures. I'm too afraid. I I, <laughs> I did some nude modeling when I was in grad school. Um, and I, uh, good lord, I think uh, I've done some go video, video <laughs> sometime. <laughs> I'm not going to no share the picture. Me. Don't worry. No, I've done some video. Oh. Sure. Nobody wants to see a video. It's like we want to be able to delete that shit. We don't want to be like press play and we're like, what the fuck is this? No. Hey, that's how I yeah. made my living. Fifty cents. A, Fifty cents videos. a time. Yeah. <laughs> you, hey, you press play and you can watch Montag dance around like James Gump. Oh, oh right. I'd I'd fuck, me. <laughs> fuck me. Yeah. Where, where do you think that came from? <laughs> you inspired that. Exactly. Montag wanted to at, want me to ask you guys, uh, what's big dick energy? They apparently That's have Mr. never Wild heard this. Yeah, they apparently these old timers around here they haven't heard the term big dick energy. It's like when you walk into a room and you're like, 
fuck you, get out of my way. And you don't have to say nothing because you're emanating this big dick energy. It applies to women too. Don't be shy here. It's just a thing. It's just a, an attitude. Like, you know, well, like I, you're woman. no better than I am. So that's the big dick energy. It's, <laughs> it's literally like be- an opposing magnet. People will move for you. Wow. Hey, and women's gays to be big clit energy. So be yeah, yeah, they're fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I what mean, is classified? Like, what is a big dick? How big? Oh, it's got nothing dick? to do with the actual size of your oh. penis. It's just a, it's just an attitude. It's, it's an the attitude. energy of the big dick. Okay. Yeah, I have, right, I have right. a big dick energy then for sure. <laughs> good. Yeah, I'm proud of it. Good. Yeah. Like you I got the swagger. That's right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, how big is your dick energy then? Yeah. Pretty you know. big. Did, did you send pictures out? I've never sent. <laughs> it's like an aura. It's an aura. <laughs> There's no BDE pics. I'm actually quite insulted that I do not get any dick pics at all. Like the women that I interviewed, they get tons of dick pics. So I don't oh. think. I, I don't, don't know. I don't think that I would be there. upset about that because it's probably more shit than there is. Is that what not. you really want to see? <laughs> no, but like I feel like I'm out of the loop, right? I oh, like I see. You're just you just want to be included. Up. In the yeah. horror that is, like I want to be pic. like, "Hey, listen, look, look at the dick pic I got today," and I don't yeah. get any of that. It takes oh, a right but... angle. Like, how weird is that? Yeah, you know, I like, see. You can so yeah, strange. Then, then you get those ones that look like a, a cross between a German army helmet and an anteater. So you know, you got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's more horror stories in it than there's right. not. Right. <laughs> hey, chop top. This is you, my friend. It needs more cowbell for yes. sure. <laughs> yeah, more cowbell. More cowbell. Um, no, I, I love, uh, I, I've always loved that song. I fell in love with it the first time I heard it. Um, it's what honestly got me into BOC. I like a lot of Blue Oyster Cult. And uh, yeah, it, it's fun to play too on guitar. And it's uh, just that melody. It's just, it's haunting lyrically. Uh, the me- melodic lines of the guitar, it's, uh, it's just one of those that, man, just it's kind of a reflective song. You can listen to that and kind of reflect on a lot of things in life. And uh, yeah, I've, I've always loved that song. So yeah, Don't Fear the Reaper is fantastic. So you play guitar? Yeah, I'm not as I'm not as good as Wildcard, but uh, I'm average. You know, I, yeah. I got to get. I haven't been playing as long as as much as I should. You know, you can play Smoke on the Water and Wonder Wall. Iron what Man. Was the, uh, what was your first <laughs> song you ever played on guitar? Oh, jeez. Um, Bounds never <laughs> Gosh. I Gotta be something from um, Kiss. You know, something no, actually, level. Um, I, when I was getting lessons for about a few months um, from a different teacher, um, he had said, bring in anything you want on cassette or whatever. So I brought in, I think, Judas Priest on Defenders of the Faith. So he taught me how to play Love Bites. No, uh, just, just by ear. And I was like, wow. And that really started when I got to college and stuff. I'd sit with a stack of CDs and I just, whatever I hear by ear, and I'd put it you know, on a guitar. And that's how I started really playing a lot better and stuff. So, you ever play guitar for a girl to woo her? Um, well, I don't know. Just maybe uh, <laughs> back in the day, uh, I wouldn't say woo her. Uh, yeah, uh, no one got a one, wooed. Get a one nighter, you know? But, uh, <laughs> You know, what what was your go-to one-nighter song? 
Like, hey, oh. I just, oh, there's my guitar. Or some oh. sugar on me. <laughs> <laughs> Cat scratch fever. Yeah, scratch fever. <laughs> Here's the irony. I'd play uh, Ain't Talking About Love by Van Halen. Oh, wow. Or acoustically. I played acoustically. I slowed it down, and I think it sounds really cool. So, And yeah. I really, or the irony is just she talking really about did love. have a disease. So <laughs> that's why we do this distance. That's why we're not in the same room with Chop. Wild card, uh, I, am, I am curious to know what song you played for girls to uh, yeah. oh, play guitar. No, yeah, Stop there was no, no playing oh, guitar for time. girls. Yeah, no, it was just. Yeah, I played guitar, and that was that was probably more damaging to me, uh, getting action than anything. But yeah, there was there was never any wooing. Uh, the hair, did, took the, care the of hair that. did more wooing. <laughs> that the hair was more attractive than the fact that I actually played because I'm not I'm not a lead player. I'm just a rhythm player. So yeah, it would be Paul Stanley. Yeah, <laughs> I do like orange juice. All right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Montag, you're up. All but one had Iron Maiden on their playlist, just for you. We're all cool. Um, (laughs) This was the the second coming for me of like, oh Oh my God, what is this um, music? I was... I had a stereo. This is how I heard this album, Peace of Mind. I had a stereo that had a dual cassette deck, and my friends who had cassettes knew that I had that. And they would like, hey, can you make a copy? They would bring me the cassette and blank tapes, and I was just making copies for for people. Making copies. (laughs) And then I heard this one. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? I'd never never heard a drum intro like that. And these heavy power chords. I'm like, and I looked at the lyrics like, oh, my God, they're telling stories about history and mythology. And like, Dune, that's my favorite book. Oh, my God. Um, so this was the song that introduced me to Iron Maiden that made me a Maiden fan for life and uh, kind of just changed my life um, in a way, you know, that, that hearing that heavy Iron Maiden riff just kind of opened up the floodgates um, in a way that, you know, Kiss comparatively was, you know, a poppy or rock sound. Uh, this was true metal for me, you know. So, yeah, Maiden. I Have think, you ever uh, seen them in concert? Oh, God, yeah. I actually have met them a couple times. Um, yeah, my friend uh, Aaron, his uncle was the live sound engineer, Doug Hall. So, yeah, I got to meet him a few times. And then um, Chop Top and Dreble and I got to talk with Bruce and Adrian when they toured um, on Bruce's solo tour in Cleveland. We all got to talk to them and uh, hang out with them. That's and cool. I asked Bruce Dickinson what happened to Maiden after Seventh Son. I go, what happened, Bruce? And he said, well, it was kind Bruce, of a Bruce. Ship. He said, yeah, some people in the band, he wouldn't name names, wanted to do more of a classic rock sound, and he knew that it was time to get out. So he left. Yeah, he didn't name names. (laughs) I'm not going to name names. (laughs) I'm not going to name names. We might get Steve Harris on the show. Why aren't really cool. Okay, edit that part out then, just in case. (laughs) Sorry, Mr. Harris. (laughs) Iron Maiden was my first concert at 14. They were my very first concert. Oh, really? So and like indeed. 10 years ago, about 10 years ago? Is that- <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the Matter of Life and Death Tour. And uh, Eddie actually fell on the on the drummer there, and they had to blow the crowd out. for. It was like a gong show. It was like oh, it was wow. crazy. 
So my dad trying to make up for lost time decides to take, yeah, smokes are in the right there. If you want to drink, go ahead. I'm like 14, meeting my dad for the first time. And we're going to Iron Maiden. I'm like, this guy's fucking awesome. Nice. Right? What was your first concert? Mine? Yeah. Oh, it was probably something horrible like Petra. You know, a Christian rock band in the <laughs> early in the eighties. Uh, no, no, just an embarrassing time for me. You know, being <laughs> in the church and being in Pentecostal. Um, but my first like real concert was Iron Maiden on the mm-hmm. uh, that was on the uh, Somewhere in Time tour, nineteen eighty six. Yeah, that just blew my mind. That was amazing. Red Bull, what was your first concert? I, I'm thinking Maiden as well. I think that following year, the Seventh Son was that the first. Yeah. That might have yeah. been my first concert. When I knocked my you over, first, like, the, real, yeah, yeah, you grabbed those wristband. They uh-huh. Dave Murray's wristband. Dave Murray's yeah. gave me a concussion. <laughs> yeah, so, there you go. It's worth it. I'll yeah. never forget that show. Those two stone guys next to us. <laughs> they stared at the floor and played air guitar the entire concert. Yeah. They never once looked up. No, and the one guy like threw. They're up. just smiling and playing yeah. air guitar. <laughs> they were so drunk and high, before, like during the opening acts. By the time Maiden come on, they're just like hunched over, like. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, dude, you're missing the whole fucking show right here, man. That was awesome. Great show. Well, card trap. <laughs> yeah, Seek and Destroy, Metallica. Good album. Good riff. Yeah, that was that was the first song that I that kind of s- took me to a different plateau playing wise. Uh, so that song's always going to have that kind of connection with me um, going from playing like Smoke on the Water and, and Iron Man and Cat Scratch Fever. Those were the first songs that I learned how to play. And that was the first time I played riffs. Like I'm not talking chords, like I'm talking riffs. And when I was able to play that all the way through, it's that was the next level for me in my playing. And I'll, I'll never forget that, you know, when I actually printed out the tabs, you know, and I learned the song all the way through and, that was a big moment in my in my career. Uh so um that song will always have that that kind of meaning to me. Um it's it's not by any means my favorite Metallica song, but that was the first one that I learned how to play. And again, that set me on a certain path in terms of writing and, and recording. Uh, it kind of helped to nurture that direction. I love it. So you have so much vinyl behind you. I'm curious to see Oh, this is all CDs, the vinyl's oh, off screen, yeah. The vinyl's oh, yeah. off screen. I, I can never get everything in, in the same pick, but yeah. He's got big... Well, please, because I didn't mean to cut you off. Please continue. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're loud. Wow. Whoa, you got loud. You got loud. I get loud. Am I, am I too loud now? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I'm not... I'm ghost, man. Energy. BDE. Your microphone's got BDE, man. <laughs> trying to seduce me with his voice. He's trying to seduce me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> like the teacher in Charlie Brown. <laughs> What was the first vinyl that you were super excited to go buy? Got some money. Oh, now we can't hear you, man. Hmm. Now he's giving us the silent treatment. Are you guys can hear me now? A little bit louder. A little bit bit more. Keep going. I don't know what's going on with with this. And a little bit louder now. Definitely good. Is that good? Is that good? That's decent. A little bit louder. We can go. We good? We good? Check, check, check. We good? Okay, yeah. Yeah, All right. Jeez, I don't know what the hell was going on there. I didn't do anything. Uh, but the first vinyl, uh, like so vinyl records, vinyl took me a little while to, to get into, um, when I started collecting them, they, they weren't cool again yet. So, 
um, I was I was able to access some pretty great shit for relatively freakishly cheap. Um, I think one of the first ones I was actually excited to buy. Um, I went into the local record store, and they had uh, the Megaforce pressing a Kill 'Em All and uh, the Creeping Death uh, single. I suppose it would be a 12 inch single, or it was an EP. I can't remember. They had them both for like I don't know 20 bucks, and which was kind of expensive at the time because again, vinyl wasn't super cool yet. And I haggled with them. I was like, eh, you guys come down on those. And they're like, fine. If you buy both of them, we'll sell them to you for $12 a piece. <laughs> there worth so much more than that now, but it was cool, man. Cause it was like back then I was just about getting them for the art. I wasn't really even playing them. I don't even think I had a record player yet. Um, but I was still grabbing records uh, that I couldn't find on CD or I just really loved the art for a while. I'd display them in, in like record, you know, the, the, the record displays you could get, they damaged the records. So, you know, I quit doing that after a while when I realized that the weird metal things in the back were actually pressing on the, the sleeve itself. But um, yeah, I think it's probably that, you know, kill them all. And, and the creeping death, I, you know, th- that was super cool to me, the mega force pressing, especially because it says bang the head that does not bang on the back. You don't get that with the, with the uh, Electra reissue. So there's that. So have you toured all over the U.S. with um, with different bands or? Yeah, the U.S. Uh, the only place I really haven't hit in the U.S. was probably never really got into the South past uh, Georgia. Um, I, we've played uh, the Montreal. Uh, we've played. Um, uh, we went up the East Coast to Canada yeah. for a few dates. So uh, Ottawa, uh, Vindicator. Oh, okay. And Toronto. Yeah. Um, never made it up the west side of Canada. I always wanted to. Um but but yeah, most of most of the US we've we've got we've had under our belt, but we never got off of this continent. You know, we were never able to make it to Europe. So what's been your, your best audience so far? Now, we played a festival in uh LA called uh Thrasho de Mayo and there was, you know, several hundred rabid fans in there. They weren't just standing and watching the show. Like the, the, we had one of the biggest pits of the night. Kids were getting on stage and stage diving. Kids knew all the words to our songs, which is, you know, that's an experience, you know, when they're singing along with you, you can just put a mic down in front of them yeah. and they know the lines. Like that's nothing we ever got to experience anywhere else uh, in the U S I mean, some people would know words and stuff, but I mean, like that was a different energy in that, particular crowd Uh, you always get you know we played the first time we played california there were just people in shadows with their arms crossed you know we didn't have anybody but like after that we were treated way better so it's like you had to prove yourself the first time and then you come back and then people are going to know so the energy in that state was always real high but i'll never forget that thrash out of myo show because it was the biggest audience we'd played to and certainly the most energetic by far do you have have you played with somebody that you admired before? And then you've oh, absolutely. We, we've gotten open for artillery. You know, we've opened for destruction. We've opened for creator. And I mean, when I say that, I'm not saying direct support, you know, like a lot of these yeah. bills in Cleveland would be 500 opening acts. So we might fall somewhere, you know, you know, five to six bands before the touring package, which has five to six bands, but some bands we did. We, I mean, we were direct support to Hellsar. Um, that was awesome. Um, you know, we've played with a lot. I mean, I've played with a lot of people that I look up to, you know, and, and been able to interact with them, which is, which is really great. Um, you know, we never got to do, 
we toured with Vicious Rumors in Seven Witches. That was pretty fun. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, most of those people were people that, you know, you, we looked up to as players or, you know, it was really interesting for us to, to get to meet and, and mingle with those individuals. So lots do of, any, do you have any rituals before you get on stage? I used to do all kinds of weird shit, like put a penny in one of my shoes. That used to be a thing that I did. Like I got this penny and I'm going to put it in my shoe and then I'm going to have this particular coin in this pocket. I used to do all this weird stuff. And guess what? It never fucking helped me. So I quit doing it. But I do eat a banana before I play. Oh, for take eye contact when you eat it. Big banana yes. energy. Yes. Yeah. I make sure I don't blink and whoever's Big next energy. to me is just stuffing half the thing in my mouth. But Big no, the, the, the potassium that. helps you not cramp. So, you know, you stretch, right. you do all the kind of that kind of stuff, you know, and I, I, I don't really do any types of warm ups other than like maybe I'll shout a little bit to loosen my vocal cords yeah. a touch. But, you know, aside from real basic stuff that most people do, there's no real cool pre-show rituals. I, I quit doing them all because like I said, they never they never worked out. Can you show us some stretches? Yeah, show us some stretches. Uh, it's just you bend over and touch your toes, and then you you pull your leg. Yeah, I'm not a pro at this stuff, so it looks real awkward. You know, you do the it's, the pull on your foot one, and you know those ones. That's all the basic ones that you see when you okay. watch any type of uh, Bon Jovi Dead or Alive, like that video. All the pre-show yeah. warm up. Okay. Yeah. Maybe some push-ups. You know, people do some push-ups. Got to yoke up your muscles, look stronger than you are. Some max gray, whatever you need to do, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mon- Montag has never done any of these things <laughs> that you speak of. I've not needed to. <laughs> no, he just grew his tongue longer. That's, That's right. Yeah. right. He, he worked that tongue. I had a lot of exercises back yes. in college. I walked the walk and I licked the lick. <laughs> Exercise his tongue and his wrist. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good Friday night, really. Exactly. <laughs> what more do you need? That's right. Uh, I got a, I got a bunch date. of clean socks. I'm ready to go. Red Bull, you're up. Hold me under. Hold me under, Dream Theater. So, yeah, very much like... Um, sanitarium with metallica was this was another song that kind of opened my eyes to a new genre a new type of metal like uh this whole album images and words was really like it was it had these sort of metallica riffs but everything was very the even that clip you played like the guitar sounds were kind of ethereal little echoey you know and there was a refinement to their sound that i hadn't heard in metal you know, along with like these really chunky riffs, they had this refined sound and, and it was so complex and there were all these little details going on. And I'm like, man, you know, along with the, with the good, with those good heavy riffs. And it was a, such a cool combination of the, of styles. And it really grabbed my attention right off the bat. And man, uh, it, the Dream Theater has gone on to become my favorite band of all time. Absolutely love those guys. And uh, yeah, this song was uh it was a definite eye opener when I first heard it. Like, woo! I, I gotta, I gotta find out more about this. So you and Montag have known each other for how long? Like twenty years? Twenty years? Over forty. I was eight years oh. old, I think, when our our, our dads worked to, together. Yeah, it's be forty five years. Forty five years this year. So do you have an embarrassing <laughs> story that you could that you could share about him? Oh boy! 
Hmm. Oh boy, I, that, there's got this might be, be a two parter. And then <laughs> you got time. Embarrassing story. Embarrassing story. It's choosing the right one. That's that's the hard. Yeah, part. I mean, we've got some funny things. You know, this trip we took to Canada was full of hijinks. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Uh, man, I'm trying to think. Like, embar- It's hard to embarrass Montag. Like, he's. Are there something funny that maybe? Embarrassment. Yeah, like well, our, 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 our broke your bed. <laughs> our parents like to take. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember uh, you were telling me about the uh, your first Maiden concert somewhere in time. I didn't go to that one, but you were so excited the next day you came over and you were telling me about it. And uh, like my bedroom has very low ceilings and he was telling me about the intro and then like the explosions at the beginning. And he, he jumped up to emphasize the explosions and just smashed his head <laughs> on the ceiling of my bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember you Real spent cool the night. Montag. You spent the yeah. night that one time, and you were talking in your sleep, and you were oh. yelling. You were yelling, "The blob <laughs> is coming! The blob is coming!" <laughs> uh, that was yeah. interesting. Yeah, you were dreaming about the blob. So you, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, our trip to Canada. Our parents love to take uh, vacations together, the families, and uh, yeah, we went to Canada one time. We were going to get these cabins on a lake, way up there in. Uh, was it up in around Toronto, north of Toronto? Yeah, it was on Lake Havelock, Havelock, but, um, Ontario. Right. We got there, and yeah, we knew it was bad when they checked in at the the main uh, house that was, you know, the owners, and the house is just full of chickens running in and out, yeah. like there were chickens everywhere in the house, out of the house. <laughs> we went on to the cabin, and it was just this shack with like the rooms were exactly the size of the beds. Uh, Montag and I had to share one. Mm-hmm. He stretched the one morning and put his foot through the wall. There were co- cows looking in the windows when we woke yeah. up in the morning. In the it morning, the there was a big ca- cow pasture. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there were no ceilings on any of the bedrooms. The bathroom sat at a slant. You had to kind of sit on the toilet like this to keep from falling off. No running water. It was the craziest. The run- no, water yeah, no running water. Buckets of water. in the lake. Yeah. Sounds like a and Jenny and Carol. Place. Yeah, the neighbors had this two wackiest little daughters that were, they, they jumped on Montag's dad when he was sleeping in the hammock. Didn't they jump on his back when he yes. was trying to sleep yeah. in a hammock? Yeah, and they also, not like Jenny that. and Carol, they're from Milwaukee. Milwaukee. <laughs> Milwaukee, that's all I talk about from Milwaukee. Um, the one looked like Pippi Longstocking. Yeah. And I remember the one time where they, morning, so like, they jumped and they, they, they jumped on the back of one of the cows. And she was sitting on the cow. Like trying to kick it to goad it into moving. She's like, I won't run. And then uh, the cow like bucked her off and she fell and hit her head. And then she ran away crying. And well, then their dad, oh my God, remember he just sat in the boat. The boat was tucked onto the pier and he just sat there in one morning, like revving the engine, like just holding it wide open. Smoke just wide open, not going anywhere. Just, just <laughs> turning water. Like a dude in Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. And then, then, then. Which one of them came up? They were swimming. We were out there. We were out in the in the in the lake, they and they were swimming our... around like underneath the water, like between our legs and stuff. Like, oh fuck! And then the one came up out of the water, and she had a frog sticking out of her mouth. Big old bullfrog like, hanging, bull hanging out of her mouth. hanging out of her mouth. We're like, get that frog out of your mouth, Jesus! Yeah, Christ. we kind of made it into a little pet. We were feeding it and stuff. This big bullfrog. Yeah. So yeah, that was a fun time. But those good. were good times. That's a good story. <laughs> Oh, we've, yeah. Wow. Off, you're up, my friend.
speaking of some great white, right? Yeah, yeah. I was a a big fan, you know, growing up of. Uh, it's one of the hair metal bands, I guess you could say, that I really had a more of towards a liking towards, just because of I, I loved a lot of their, their melodies. Jack Russell, fantastic singer. Um, Mark Kendall is one of the most underrated guitar players in rock. Period. And uh, I liked the blues a lot too. So. You know, that had that was a perfect storm, perfect combination. Actually, it's probably my favorite Great White song of all time. And uh, it's just one of those songs that it's, 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 it's haunting. And it's very, again, I go back, it's one of those you can sit and you can kind of reflect on things. And uh, yeah, I, I, I love that song to this day. I can't get enough of it. So, um, and like I said, just Mark Kendall's, his, his soloing, his bluesy licks throughout that melody. Yeah, just love it. I love it. So would he be your your favorite 80s hair band? You could be like him for a day. Oh, if I could bet him for a day, you know, back in the day, <laughs> that'd be great. You know, he definitely had more hair than I do. So, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had so many favorites, you know, in that era. We all did. I mean, it, was, it, was a, it was a great time for music as far as the 80s, you know, metal and in general. And uh yeah, man, I, I don't, if I had to have a favorite hair metal band, I don't, I don't know, I like Cinderella, I like Skid Row, yes. I like White Snake, yeah. Great White, uh, boy, you name it, so, not really Warrant and stuff like that, I was a little <laughs> too like, uh, yeah, but, uh, no poison, yeah. you weren't a down boy? <laughs> Dude, Janie Lane wrote some good songs, man. Yeah. yeah. Janie Lane wrote some good songs, man. He Uncle did, Tom's Cabin is Uncle ridiculously good. That rocks. Man. I mean, that's my favorite Cherry Pie. Cherry Pie. Yeah. Cherry Pie. Is, is there a song if you could hear for the rest of your life, what song would that be? Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. I, I guess one that always sticks to me my mom was a huge Elvis Presley fan. And so that was another thing. And uh, Suspicious Minds, probably by Elvis Presley. That's a good I one. I never fire that song. Yeah. So. so your parents were big into music as well? Yeah, more so I think my mom. My dad was big into Beach Boys and Motown. Uh, so we had Motown playing too. And I, have, I love old Motown as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but Beach Boys was his favorite. I think my mom, she was, <laughs> she was a big Conway Twitty fan. I remember when she met him. I want to show you a picture with him. So she got she got kissed on the cheek, and she was just, uh, oh, I got the twenty bird and got the twenty bird. Nice. I, I, I said, did he give you any tongue, ma? You know, no, but, <laughs> no. It was, uh, but yeah, she was just so excited about that, and uh, it's just one of the great memories, you know, of that time. So if you could switch lives with any one of these guys in the room, just for a day, who would you switch lives with? Oh God, do I have to choose between them? Yeah, um, no. this, is, this is your pool of options right here. No, good I luck with go. that. Hello from the gutter. Oh, man, that's a tough one. I'd have to maybe go with Wildcard just because of his massive CD and vinyl collection. And just because, his BDE. Uh, yeah, his BDE, you know, fuck you kind of attitude. And, and then, you know, obviously his talent, you know, writing and playing. He's got well, so many that's projects. Debatable. <laughs> he would sell his collection. He'd come back the next day. Where the fuck's all my stuff? Wait a minute. Be a wise move. <laughs> I just bought a house. <laughs> I think second though, I would I would switch though. Secondly though, I would if I had to switch somebody out, it would be Montag. Well, just because he's very creative. He's a very good writer. Um, he's a very good friend to anybody who knows him. And uh 
you know, he has the same love and affinity to the things that we do that, that got us starting this, our whole show, Heavy Metal Horror, so. There you go, Dread Bull, you're, you're not even in yeah, the I, I don't have much to offer. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I got nothing. I live a hollow, empty life. I, I see you got some boots on my knees. I would have changed my mind. Hey, Montague, you're out. no meaning or purpose. Uh, okay. <laughs> And this one up, it's a slow start. It's a slow sound. Some rush. Rush. Nice. Rush. Yeah, um, I love that song. Uh, Rush is my favorite band. And I remember that was like one of the first albums, Moving Pictures was one of the first albums I had bought for myself with like my own money. And, uh, I, you know, I was a drummer in, in high school, junior high band. And it was like the band that all the drummers listened to. And I remember when I first heard them, I'm like, oh, oh God, this is, this is music. I'd never like, <laughs> this is amazing. So I went out and bought that record and uh red bar Shadow just quickly became my favorite track on that album. I couldn't listen to it enough as Dreadbull will attest many mm-hmm. Friday nights playing Commodore 64, <laughs> yes. listening to this album side <laughs> over and over again. Yep. Um, yeah. There's just uh I love the story aspect to it. This science fiction story. And I, Neil Peart was who I, as a drummer, I, I don't know if idolize is the right word because when I became aware of how he didn't like that, I just kind of I, great honor and respect. And and I would listen to, I, I was a self-taught drummer. So I listened to Rush. I listened to this album in particular and taught myself how to play drums to this album and could get most of the licks. Um, there's a few I still can't get, but uh, yeah, this album was really special. And that song of, of all just kind of had this magical quality to it with the the story aspect, the guitars, the drums. And this was my absolute favorite one to play on the whole album. So yeah, it, it's, uh, like, like Dreadbull says, this is nostalgia of the purest kind. And I uh, just love, love that song. Love this band. Love it. So you are, would you say you're the most creative one on, on the show? Obviously. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. I think we're all creative in our oh, own ways. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I know Dreadbull, you know, we've, we've, we're both creative. Dreadbull was a really good artist and he, he's really creative in, in ways like we, we like, we played Dungeons and Dragons and those kinds of things. And he was always creating, uh, you know, worlds and stories and, and, and those kinds of things. And Wildcard, obviously he's, he's musically talented and writes songs and, and Chop Top is, is also a writer and a musician. Um, yeah. I don't, so I don't know if I'm like the most creative, but I was just going to give is... you a test. That's all. I was just going to give yeah. you a test. So these <laughs> okay. guys are all, these guys are all strippers. So I need, you to give them, I need you to give them their stripper names. Well, Chop Top <laughs> is the sausage. Hands down. Um, yeah. So, uh, Dreadbull's yeah, the, the mullet. One. Dreadbull's the mullet. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. He's 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 party in the back. Dreadbull's party in the back. Uh, he's business up front though. Uh, and uh, Vic, I think he's uh, Goldilocks. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think he's going to be stripping, and I think the three bears are going to want to take him home. <laughs> Someone's been laying in my bed, and there he is now. Ooh, would you like to taste my porridge? Yes, exactly. 
Oh my god, I love it. Okay, Wildcard, you're up. So that's my grandpa playing that guitar, and uh, it was a long time before I actually got to hear the song. I'd always known that, you know, my grandpa was a performer. You know, my dad would tell me that, and uh, so that song, you know, yeah, it's it, again, Jet Tone Boogie is probably not my favorite song ever, but it holds again a very special song to me because that's my grandfather playing that song. Um, so I think anybody that's in a similar situation where, you know, mom or dad or grandma and grandpa or somebody is a musician, I think that the music that they've created will always be special to the individual. Um, but that's kind of, you know, and why that one outweighs maybe what my own father's done is because it starts there for this particular lineage. So that's kind of the beginning of this family's venture into writing rock and roll and heavy music. You know, that's the root right there. That's what started it was that particular song. Um, so that that means a lot to me. Uh, and it, it, you know, probably mean a lot to my kids, too. So are you teaching your kids to play an instrument at all yet? Not really. I mean, my dad didn't really teach me like he showed me like three chords. And that's, you know, and it was the chords to play Smoke on the Water and Cat Scratch Fever and any song that sounds like those songs. And you know, my dad was like, you can learn these three chords, you can play any song. And it, that wasn't true at all. But I learned those three chords, and then I learned how to play Metallica, and then I just learned how to do stuff. That, so it kind of worked out like that. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't consider myself a very good teacher, so I suppose if my kids wanted to learn, you know, how to play, they would probably learn in a similar fashion, where you just learn by ear you know, and, and you watch videos. Now you could, there's way more access to watching videos and learning stuff than there was even when I was a kid. You know, we had tabs. We were fortunate enough to just be able to print off tablature, whereas a lot of people had to buy the books to learn how to play that stuff. So it'll probably be something similar. It may come to them naturally. And, and I encourage like natural growth because it's going to make their sound unique from my own as my sound is unique from my own father's. So What's one thing that your kids have taught you? Not to have kids. <laughs> How many kids do you have? I got two. I had a boy that he and a knows girl. of. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I wish I were some sketchy back alley guy, but <laughs> now I only got two kids. Uh, thankfully, only two, or I would already be in the ground myself. They're maddening, but yeah, it's a, it's it's been a real. It's, it's, it's a treat watching them though. And in listening to them, you know, even create their own songs, you know, the, when they started making their own soundtracks from their own playing, that was a special moment the day that I realized that that was a thing happening. Cause I can remember vividly being a kid and making like adventure soundtracks when I'm playing with my GI Joe's got to have a cool song, or, you know, to fill in the, the empty space. And when they started doing it themselves, I was like, look at that. So it's, it's kids are special, but yeah, they're a pain. In the ass. <laughs> I love it. Anyone that has kids will agree with me. I know they will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My how how old are your guys' kids? Mine are eight and six. Okay, you're mine are twenty nine and twenty six. Mine is uh twenty eight, twenty six, and twenty two. Uh-huh. Twenty nine and twenty six. Yeah, mine are twenty four and twenty six. 
Right. So you're just starting wild card. You got nothing to complain about. Yep, and yeah. Hinden, too. We're done with this game. The, no the more of those. Did you get the stop, snip? Man. You know, did you get <laughs> the snip? coming soon. The snips are coming yeah. soon. Yeah. Gotta we'll get enjoy that, that taken care of. I won't. Yeah, I won't get, enjoy that. Get the that. bags of frozen peas, my friend. They will be yours. <laughs> if they don't knock me days. out, I'm not. I'm gonna cry until they, they knock, don't knock me knock out. You oh, out. I know that's what I hear. You but. can. You can get knocked out. That's what I was. But then I woke up too soon before they were done. That is what you want to worry about. You do not want to yeah, wake up feeling no. <coughs> what are you doing? Get knocked out. <laughs> yanking. Quit yanking. No. No yeah. coffee. You don't want that. Top. Top. You're up. Maiden, right? Maiden. Maiden, absolutely. That is my all-time favorite band, Iron Maiden. And uh, I remember Peace of Mind was the first album that actually introduced me to Maiden. And I played that relentlessly. And then I went back to their older stuff. But as they kept going on, obviously, with Power Slave and Somewhere in Time and, and then the masterpiece Seven Sun, uh, you know, that song really, I don't know, out of all Maiden's catalog, the vast catalog, that song to me has just, I don't know, it just tugs at me for some reason. It's the ly- lyrically, uh, the melody, the guitar work is fantastic. Um, and it's probably like, like I said, I think I said earlier, my third or second favorite Maiden song of all time. So holds a big special meaning to me because they were such a big part of me growing up and introduced me to a whole new world of music. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't know if, um, Montag sent you the, the the podcast that I did with a great friend of mine um, for the last 10 years. And his garage is like all made in every single poster you could ever imagine that was ever made. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else but a made, or, made in shirt in 10 years. Like literally I've known him for 10 years. Every single time I've, you know, we hang out lots. It's always Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden. But his garage is so cool because he's just the way he's kind of, the man cave, but like all the walls are all done and made in, and it's that's amazing. Know, just, yeah, that was my room in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was all made in every tapestries, posters, yep. you name it. Yeah, no I have posters, huh? This <laughs> is zero. No, no tractor implement posters. <laughs> <laughs> so we're down to your last song, and I thought, you know, Montague, you could take it home with this one. Are you ready, my friend? I'm ready. Yes, Dio. Uh, this song, this song, it was the first Dio song that I'd ever heard, and I was just immediately pulled in and and amazed at the power of this. Who who is this guy, and how does he have so much power behind his voice and so much emotion? Um, and those chords, it's just a simple riff, but it's just it's just big and heavy. Uh, and, and this, this is, is nostalgic and also reminiscent of a time that when I first heard it, I was, uh, stuck in the throes of, uh, horrible Pentecostal religion and church. And this was like me trying to, that cognitive dissonance was working at itself ma- like mad. And I'm like, no, you have to listen to Christian music. I'm like, I don't want to, cause it sucks. And this song really kind of was a, for me, like, yeah, this is, this is the kind of music I want to listen to. So it's special in that way. but just 
because it was the first song I heard by Dio, I became an immediate fan. And I think we're all fans of Dio. We've talked about him, you know, in our shows. Yeah. And uh, so he's, he's just probably my favorite vocalist of all time. And this song was the song that introduced me to this amazing, amazing man and his solo stuff. And then going back to listen to his Black Sabbath catalog, you know. So, yeah, it just started a lifelong love of uh, Ronnie James Dio. I would really have loved to have met him sometime. Yeah. That would have been awesome. Oh. Yeah, that would have been really awesome, actually. Yes, totally. Yeah. So I always like to leave on some words of wisdom. And I think because there's four of you, I think it just makes sense for each of you to give some words of wisdom. So, Manteg, I'm going to start with you. Everything that, you know, versity, your life, just some words of wisdom for those people that are listening. Words of wisdom. Wow. Came to the yeah. wrong place for that. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I think for too long, I I was not being true to myself. So living my best life and who I really was. So the unexamined life is not worth living. The unexamined faith is not worth believing. So I would say you got to know yourself. Um, I, I really subscribe to the Maslow's hierarchy of needs and that idea of self-actualization. And that was a process that took me a long time to get, get through. But once you kind of get to know yourself and know who you are and what you believe, what you don't believe, then no one's going to take that from you. So that would be my words of wisdom. Top, top, you're up. Oh, gosh. Um, not wise even for myself, but I'll, I'll throw one out here, I guess. Uh, I guess when in doubt, don't. Pull out. Except when it's anal. Yeah, but uh, I know, and I think another way to, like, another word maybe leave it with is, you know, hey, we all end up in, in ash or in the grave anyway, so live your life, live it the way you want to, to hell with it. I like and, it, uh, I like it. Yeah. Red Paul. So. Yeah, kind of along the lines of Montag, that was the first thing that kind of came to mind to me. It kind of made me made me think of you mentioned us like being young and playing like D and D and all this stuff and like you know that was kind of one of those activities where you're kind of embarrassed of it you know it was kind of a nerdy thing you didn't want to really people to know about it and like you're worried somebody might find out and make fun of you or what who cares you know just don't don't worry about that stuff do what you enjoy what you love be 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 you you know first and foremost and once you figure that out you're going to be a better uh, a better person to the people under you you know and a more honest version of who you are and that's that's going to help everyone around you a lot more don't don't be fake and don't try to hide who you really are i love that wild card don't let your meatloaf (laughs) (laughs) just just like that just like that doesn't get more wise than that short and sweet (laughs) just like your meat (laughs) well thanks you guys so much for joining us on music truckies today was a blast i had so much fun i hope you guys had a good time as well and obviously i'd love to do it again later on pick some more new songs right we had a great time thank you for having us this is awesome yeah this has been a great fun fun time yeah Yeah. Yeah. do you want to come on our show sometime yeah yeah i do that'd be so much fun yeah great that would be great and i'll send you people right i interview people all the time that are in bands and stuff like that cool. have some good connections so please if they are you know all about metal and stuff i know that i sent you tim which i think you guys really like you know like yeah i just haven't had you know we, we i just haven't reached out to him um school work and stuff is crazy and then we were yeah I, I i will i mean we're booked all the way into june 
but yeah. if he's free after that, then yeah, it'd be great. So I I'm I'm thinking that this will be out um, end of April, beginning of May. I left some spots open when we first booked because I figured it would be a good podcast to put out. So I just kind of left some spaces. So what I'll do is I'll let you know when it's out. Um, obviously you guys, I'll send you the copy too. So you can cut and splice it however you want to do it too. So I don't care about that. Uh, I'll do the semi, the finished, however you want to do it. And then I need me. some pictures of you guys. Cause I like to promote for a week. So I need some fun, yeah. crazy pictures. And then if you guys, obviously wild card, if you are touring anywhere or things come up, just like, Oh no, I'm too stuff. old for that. Now we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go play in a bar somewhere or something you want people i just to want to go to bed at eight and have a clean bathroom <laughs> got its ailments too just like the rest of us oh yeah that's awesome okay guys have an awesome sunday thanks so much thank you thank you so much thank you.